0: Oh God, we are reminded again and again of your great love for us. And we give you thanks. that as we gather as your people, you strengthen us and fill us and you renew us. So that we may then go out into the world to share that love with others. So God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, again, I, I just have to give thanks for, for our staff. They do just an amazing uh, job, you know. Uh, Jonelle, April, Wanda, Lori, Richard, Bryson, uh, Wanda. Did I, say, I, did I say you twice already? Well, you know, Wanda really keeps us in line, you know, with what we're doing but you know, it, it, like I said during the offer, it's just so nice to be able just to know that everything will will run smoothly. You know, I I will admit I did pop in a couple of times on Facebook live just to to see what was going on and and Tracy scolded me for for doing that and I turned it off immediately and uh but you know, uh to be able to rest, which is something we all need to do. So just say you know if you're in a job where you're frazzled and you're worn out, you know, please take time for yourself because that's, that's how we refresh. That's how we recover and allows us to, to, to come back full and, and, and ready to take on the world again. But, you know, sometimes when you, when you do that, when you go on vacation, there's always that dreaded moment when you come back and you realize there's stuff that you have to take care of. Like one of the things that we got in the mail as soon as we got back that that dreaded car registration renewal notice that uh, my car needed to be renewed here in the month of July. And of course, as luck would have it, with my car needing to be renewed, you start looking around and seeing what happened. I had something that was very obvious, my windshield wipers. My windshield wipers had this little strand That was just flapping alongside the wind. So I know that my car won't pass inspection unless I get new windshield wipers. So the uh, man in me decides to go to AutoZone and buy windshield wipers. And I go, and forgetting how complicated buying windshield wipers for a car is, because you have to go through that little book, and find out exactly what windshield wiper you need. And, and the poor guy at the uh, counter realized that I was struggling trying to figure out which one I needed for my, my car. And he pulled me over and he said, just tell me what kind of car you had. And so finally we got the windshield wipers and I go home to do this simple task of replacing my windshield wipers. I'm out there by myself just pulling, just trying to get the thing unhooked and everything. Can't figure it out. I go inside. Jacob, our youngest son, says, well, just, just YouTube it. Look on YouTube and figure out how to do it. So I, I start z- Googling on YouTube and trying to figure out exactly how to find out which car model and, and how to do it, and, and I just can't figure it out. So I go out again, and I start yanking and pulling and everything, and I go inside and just exasperate. I just sit down. And Jacob says, oh, hey, come on, buddy. Let's go out and take care of it. So Jacob goes out and then immediately just pop, pop, and replaces the other two back on, just simple like that. (sighs) But, you know, that's really an example of life, isn't it? Sometimes we try so hard to figure things out, and really it's something simple. It's like our faith journey, isn't it? We, we, we try to make it so complicated, so so um, advanced, so follow these steps in order to, to connect with God, and then we realize it really is all simple. It kind of reminds me of our scripture for today as we go into the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. I want you to listen as I read our scripture today and see if you can see the simplicity that happens during this story with a guy by the name of Naaman. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because Through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send letters to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read this letter, he tore his robes and said, "'Am I God? "'Can I kill and bring back to life? "'Why does this fellow send someone to me "'to be cured of of his leprosy? "'See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me?' "'When Elisha, the man of God, "'heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, "'he sent him this message. "'Why have you torn your robes? Have this man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servant, went off, went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you have not done it? How much more then, when he tells you, wash and be cleansed. So he went down, and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean, like that of a young boy. The word of God for the pe- people of God. Thanks be to God. When I look at this passage, I see simplicity all over it. But that's not what Naaman wanted. Naaman was a, a powerful leader. He, he was in charge of armies, and, and he took over lots and lots of land. So he thought and knew that if he just spoke, people would fall at his feet, and he would have anything and everything at his feet. Disposal, but he forgot one thing that there was a God in the story and this isn't a a lowercase God that people from all over the other sides of Israel worship this was the capital g God that that had the power and the wisdom and the might to do things that are unthinkable to even us and some of those simple unthinkable things is first and foremost to, the, to this powerful ruler who just came in and swept over Israel, God sent a servant girl. And not just a servant girl, it was a servant girl to, to Naaman's wife. So this person was somebody that would be placed on the shelf, if you will, somebody who would be kind of just ignored or somebody that would just help take care of things here and there. But to have this girl speak up was a, 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 a sign of bravery for her, but it was also a sign of how God was using this simple servant girl to help restore Naaman. So what do you do when you have a simple servant girl tell you to do something? You, you call up a giant parade. You, you bring out the silver, you bring out the gold, you bring out the clothing, and then you take off to wow the people that you are sent to have you healed. So Naaman gathers all of these people together with a very important letter from a very important king, and off he goes to Israel. And when he gets there, he's turned away, really, if you think about it, he's turned away by the king and sent off to go see some prophet in in a God-forsaken area like Samaria. Now, Samaria isn't a metropolitan area. It's sparse. The, the, The lands and the settlements were here and there. So I can understand and think Naaman, as he's leaving from the palace of the king to go to Samaria, he's going, where in the world are they sending me? It's like driving off somewhere in the middle of, of western Texas where you drive on and on again without a town in sight, and you wonder, when in the world am I finally going to get to Lubbock? But Naaman went on anyways, and, and, and he, he traveled, and he finally gets to the door of Elisha. And here's where another moment of simplicity comes in. Elijah is sitting in his house, and he just sends out a messenger. He just sends out somebody. So, oh, just go tell him to go wash in the Jordan seven times. And as the messenger comes out of the door, he, he gives the message from Elijah. And Naaman's furious. How dare he just send out a messenger to meet me and not come see me face to face? He could have just waved his hands over me, and I would have been healed. But he tells me to wash in the Jordan River. Now, folks, we were just in Israel not too long ago. And, And if you are close to the Sea of Galilee... A, and you wander out into the Jordan River. It, it's fairly clean because it's coming directly from the Sea of Galilee. But if you look where Samaria is, and you go out to the Jordan River, it is not a pretty body of water. It is just this muddy, mucky. You know, we had ladies, Donna, uh, who would, <coughs> who said, "There is absolutely no way in the world I'm getting into that filthy water." And it was cold, too. <laughs> but you can just imagine Naaman looking at the Jordan River, which he had to cross, and go, there is absolutely no way in the world this water will do what I needed to do. I, I could have just stayed at home, and he could have emailed me something to say, just dip in the waters of your own country. But he was reminded of a simple, task given to him by a prophet to dip himself seven times in the water and he would be healed. Now, forgive me for taking a little bit of artistic liberty with this last point, but I don't think that when Naaman went into the water the first time and he came out of the water, he saw any kind of improvement. I don't think when Naaman went into the water the second time and came back out that he saw any kind of improvement. And and the way that the scripture reads, it looks like Naaman was a pretty a, a hothead, if you will. And I can see each time as he walked into the water and he dipped himself, not seeing any improvement, he just got angrier and angrier, thinking, why in the world do they have me doing This is such a waste of time. And I wouldn't be surprised even if the fifth or sixth time or even that seventh time he was ready to hop on his horse and head back to Damascus. But no, he kept following the commands of God, this simple command of just to just dip himself over and over again. And our scripture reminds us that the seventh time when he came out of the water, he was fully restored. I read that story, and I think about me. And I I think about my life and how how I try to handle things spiritually, if you will. I, I think about how can I make this big show to God to say, show up, do something amazing, do something huge. And there was silence. I think about those times that we try to, to, to lift up a big party or we try to do something, and then afterwards we realize that nothing happens. But then I think about those small, simple times. A, a short prayer a little glance a, a a small movement and I've seen God move in miraculous ways I have an uncle who, who has come to worship here uh, a couple of times he is uh, a retired assembly of God pastor and one of my favorite stories that I hear my family talk about him was that they always knew that he was going to be a pastor even when he was four and five years old. And and the story goes as they were uh, driving around a grocery store parking lot, and and they were having a hard time finding a parking spot. And my uncle Steve, in the back of the car, he just yells out his prayer, dear God, give us a parking spot. And surely a car just pulled out Right there in front of us, so that was just a sign that he was ordained to be a pay pastor, because God gave them a parking spot. Now, and I don't mean to make fun of, of these little small moments, but you know, what if the small and simple things that happen in our lives are really blessings from God? What if those small and simple things that we we have a tendency to ignore or have a tendency to just just push aside are ways that God is saying in a very simple way. I love you. I care for you. I I give you this so that you may see my love for you. You When we look back, on our lives, when we look back at the pain that we may have or or difficulties that we may encounter, we may see that there were small, short little moments where God was reminding us that even though we may not feel like it, God was there. That even though we may feel like God is so far away, he gives us something So simple that we are reminded of God's great love for us. You know, it's just like this table here. Every first Sunday of the month, we gather. And we come up, we uh, receive a piece of bread in our hand, and we dip it in the cup. If we uh, take a moment to pause at the communion rail, And then we go back to our seat. And, you know, sometimes I understand. It it feels like this could be very rote. It feels like, okay, it's time for communion now, so we'll go up there, we'll do this, and we'll have have a seat. But, you know, this act of receiving the bread and receiving the cup is a reminder of us of God's simple love. You know, we don't, earn any of this God gives it to us freely God pours out his love to us freely so this morning as we come to receive the gift of bread and cup give thanks for this simple opportunity to receive God's love for us give thanks that we have a God who will show up in the most smallest and mundane thing so that we may give thanks for his love. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, sometimes we just want a big and and loud sign from you. We want to see things that happen miraculously. And God, sometimes we fall into that, that sin, if you will. We fall into that mindset that if we don't see something big, we don't see something miraculous, that you aren't there. But God, help us and remind us that through the simplicity, through the act of, of just allowing you to be who you are, You are there. So God, let us give thanks. Let us give thanks for all that you have given us. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.